we're right back to where we've been. This is, like I said, this is this is Easter. This is this is our big day. Uh, I know it's it's different, um, but I know where wherever you are, uh, it's still just like we've been saying for the last few weeks. It's still the perfect time for us to talk about Jesus, uh, because this is this is this is His day. We're so excited that we get to continue just just reminding ourselves of the truth of the gospel, reminding ourselves of, of what it is that we believe, what it is that Christ has done for us. And, and we get to just kind of, again, continue to celebrate all that he has accomplished. And we get to uh, really just enjoy um, knowing what it is that he has done uh, on our behalf. And it's just, it's just so overwhelming and so exciting. So I'm so excited to continue talking about this this morning. Uh, just just a quick uh, reminder of why we're in this this series. Why why we're talking about let's talk about Jesus. Why this is the thing uh, that we're really focusing on. Uh, and it's it's First Corinthians uh, fifteen thirty four, uh, and it just says, "For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died." For our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And that, that word is just so perfect. Just let me remind you what it is that we believe. What is it that, that we proclaim? What is it that you have you have based your whole life on? And so uh, let's just, again, I just want to spend a few more minutes. Let's just pray. Uh, and I just want to pray that God would um, move in our hearts in a powerful way this morning. So if you'll join me in prayer one more time. God, um, this word is just so exciting that we know that you have conquered death in this way. We just sang about it, that, that you died, that you are alive and you are still active and you're going to come again and we get to be with you. And so, God, I just thank you so much for the joy of knowing that your son has been raised and all that that means that we're going to talk about this morning. So I just pray that you would begin to fill our hearts with the Holy Spirit, to begin to uh, mold us and shape us to look more like your son. And God, I just pray that you would uh, reveal uh, where maybe our faith is wavering or where our faith needs to continue to be strengthened uh, this morning that that the joy of knowing a resurrected Savior would just be overwhelming to us and that we would be prepared to just shout that as loudly as we possibly can and proclaim the name of your Son. Uh, in his name we pray. Amen. Uh, so um, one of the things as I was I was prepping for this, because, because I always love getting to preach on Easter, but when you preach on Easter, it's such a, I guess, kind of, finite topical kind of series it's it's not something that like you, you you go lots of different places you're talking about the resurrection and that's a good thing uh, but I read an article this week about how sometimes people who are who are prepping sermons tend to focus more on just the apologetics of the resurrection did it actually happen is there is there proof that it's real is there proof that it could actually happen and really focus on I guess the historicity like the, the, the historical accuracy of whether or not the resurrection was real and instead of just, and we get distracted by that sometimes, trying to explain the, the how things work 
instead of just the, the expressing the joy of knowing the why it happened, not the why and the what it means for us. Uh, and so uh, I don't want us to get lost in just having a conversation about that Jesus was raised. Uh, I don't want to get into the he talked to these people, he talked to those people, and these things were seen, and this many witnesses, and and, and, and the report of the guards, and, and, and all of that. I don't want to focus on that because I don't think that the apologetics of the resurrection are are the most important thing for us as the church. If we're the church and we say we believe this stuff, uh, I would rather talk about the value of something that, 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 that just having that truth is one thing, but I would rather be able for us as the church not just be able to build an exact precise argument as to how it happened or why or, 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 or what that means historically to prove that it did happen, but rather I would rather us talk about why it had to happen. Why did Jesus have to rise again? Because I think that when we can add value to the what it means for us, that it's going to be so much more impactful for us uh, in, in every aspect of our life. It's going to be so much more impactful in the way that we go about our day, going through from place to place or talking from person to person, or in this case, from Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting, uh, or, or whatever your, your method of communication may be right now. Uh, but that that the way that we go through our lives is going to be affected by this knowledge of, of why and what it means for us. But also that's going to affect the way that we can, we can share and proclaim because it's not just that we're saying, hey, this thing happened, but we're able to say, here's the value in you believing these things that I believe as well. It doesn't just stop with this knowledge that it's a thing, but rather it means something for us. It means that things that, that Christ has accomplished are valuable to us. And, and I think it's important that we as the church, again, remind ourselves of the value of the resurrection, not just the, the historical accuracy, if you will, of the resurrection having taken place. Um, so, so again, this week we're going to talk about, as we continue answering these questions about why, the, why Jesus had to be a human, why Jesus had to die, this week, why did Jesus have to rise again? Why, why is it, I mean, we think it's impressive. We think it's important, but why is it important? What does, what does the resurrection mean? What did the resurrection accomplish? And, and still in, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul just gives us a perfect uh, example of why Jesus had to die uh, to fulfill the will of God. And, and, and 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to read 12 through 19. It says, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all the most to be pitied. And so the first point that I want to make is that the resurrection means there is more life after death. Um, one of the most, I guess, 
prominent adversaries, you could say, to Jesus uh, during his, his time in ministry here on earth uh, were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, and the biggest way that I have often reminded myself of the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees is that the Pharisees believed in some sort of afterlife, but the Sadducees believed in no sort of life after death. Uh, and I, I'm not going to make the preacher joke. If you know the preacher joke, tell the preacher joke to yourself. But if not, uh, ask somebody and they'll tell you sometime. But, but the resurrection means, but if, if Jesus has been raised, then that means that there is more to life even after death. He is demonstrating that God has intent for his creation even beyond physical death. But if he hasn't, if that wasn't accomplished, if Jesus was not raised, then that means that there is, is no hope for life after death. There's no hope for salvation. There's no hope for anything. And, and, and honestly, we ought to just be pitied because, because we're putting our faith in a hope. We're finding our hope in a life that's better than the one that we're living now, something we're going to find down the road, something we're going to find later on. And it's just, it's not real if Jesus hasn't been raised. The resurrection signifies the, the hope that we have. Uh, you look at so many other, uh, you know, like approaches to faith, approaches to religion. Uh, every single one of the founders of those religions, every single one of those that you find and you, and you say, look at this guy, look at what he promised. Every single one of them have died. And none of them have come back to life. Only Jesus has demonstrated the power over death. The power that he can offer life after death. I mean, at best, in some other, in some other religious views, you might just get around to here to try to do a better job. Or you might live a life based on the life you lived previous and you just kind of get into this cycle, this loop that goes on and on and on and on and on. But, but that's not real hope. That still leaves us in this place filled with brokenness, a place with pain, this place filled with sin. But, but Jesus' resurrection means that there is something better, something different beyond death. It doesn't just end when we die and we're put into the soil. It means that, that we have a new found hope. And this is something that God intended for us. This is something based on the way that God made us. Ecclesiastes 3.11 he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart so that he cannot yet find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. And what, what this is saying is that, that we can't fully understand the idea of life after death and eternity and being with Christ forever. We can't, we can't wrap our brains around that. I don't know if you've ever tried to picture eternity, but it's, it's not something that our teeny tiny little finite minds can really grasp onto. But God has still put that feeling, that desire for something else in our hearts. It's something that we long for, something that we, that we hope for. And, and I think that's the reason that so many different religious views are pushing us, pointing us, encouraging us to find some sort of, of long-lasting effect that goes beyond the grave. But only Jesus is really able to accomplish it. And, and the reason that, that he wants to accomplish it is because that's what God built us for. He built us to be with him forever. And sin ruined that. Sin broke that. Sure, sin separated us from him in that way. But God is not a God who, who created us to, to live and to die and that be it. He is the God of the living. In fact, in fact, Matthew 22, verse 32 says, I am 
the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And think about that. He's saying that in the present tense at a time when Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had been dead for generations, right? These were, these were important men in history, but, it, but, but instead God is saying, I am actively their God because they are actively alive with me. And that is the God that we follow. That is the God that we serve. That is the hope that we as the church have. And that is the hope that the resurrection of Jesus gives us, that, that, that there isn't an ending point to this, that Jesus' story didn't end with the cross. It didn't end with Friday. It ends, it, it doesn't end. The, the future still goes on because he was raised on Sunday and the story continues. And that truth is made, made, made valuable for us because, because we have hope that there is something beyond this life. Uh, it's so easy to get discouraged right now. Uh, it's so easy to be overwhelmed by the things that you're facing and the things that you're experiencing and all of that. And, and I, just, I just hope that seeing that there is something after this, something beyond this, something that, that Jesus demonstrated in the way that he was raised and the way that he was able to overcome death and overcome all of this, this brokenness and this life that he lived here, that he saw in this world, that he experienced along with us on our behalf. All those things we talked about last week that that hope is greater and more powerful than anything that we can look and say, no, 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 there's more. There's something else that we have to look forward to. And that's one of the great things that the resurrection accomplished for us. Point number two, the resurrection gives the gospel value. And I mean, you can kind of make an economic statement with this uh, in that if I say, hey, you should have this widget or whatever this thing is. Maybe it's something that I'm trying to sell you. Maybe, I mean, uh, I, I, I work with the marketing team at ETSU all the time. And one of the things that we're often tasked with doing is trying to establish that there is value in having a degree from a four-year institution, specifically from ETSU. What is the value of that degree that you can get at ETSU? And if you can give value to something that you are proclaiming, then people are more likely to desire it. Now, I'm not trying to make this argument in such a way as to say, man, I'm hoping that we can convince people and argue people into belief, but, but it, it stands to be said that there is great value in the gospel and greater value in the gospel if the resurrection has happened. Uh, Paul said in Romans chapter 4, this is 24 uh, and 25, it will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for, the, for our trespasses and raised for our justification. And when I, when I read this verse this week while I was prepping, uh, I was just really struck by what that's saying. It's almost as if it's saying that salvation wasn't complete until the resurrection happened. Yes, his death, the, the blood that he shed covered our sins. It, it made it possible for us for us to have a relationship with God, he could see what Christ had accomplished for us. But until Christ was raised, it said he was raised for our justification. He was raised to complete that work. If Jesus had just died and that was it, if he took all of our sins, that's one thing. But, but his being made alive again, his being raised from the dead, 
justifies us. It makes it, us look to God as, as pure and holy and able to be welcomed into his presence. Salvation was accomplished. It was completed through the resurrection. If Jesus hadn't, if Jesus had not been raised, this is why this is why we're making this point that it was so necessary that he be raised because he needed to be raised to complete the work. It was not, it was not fully realized. We weren't we weren't fully alive until Jesus overcame death because death is the thing that we're all you know barreling toward. We're all heading toward death. We're all going to face death at some point. But Jesus is overcoming death. Jesus is being raised signifies for us that that we are made just like he is just we have our sins have been taken away and god sees us as now holy because of what he has done not because of what we have done but our salvation is a completed work because of the resurrection the gospel has more value because of what jesus has accomplished and then point number three the resurrection gives us hope amidst a broken world. Uh, and this is this point has been kind of weaved throughout this whole series that anytime we talk about Jesus, uh, it ought to be something that that is life-giving for us, that is hope-giving, um, something that, that gives us a, a reason to look at our situation or look at what we're experiencing or look at what we may be asked to do in the future, something we may be called toward. Maybe it's you're called to, to leave everything that you have and follow Jesus with reckless abandon to some place that may be dangerous. Uh, it may be that you're called to, to share your belief with somebody who, who is adamantly opposed to religion or the truth of the gospel specifically. Uh, and you may be asked to sacrifice your reputation with that person uh, in some sort uh, through some sort of conversation that you're going to have. And it's so easy to become overwhelmed by the situation that we find ourselves in. It's so easy to become overwhelmed by the things that we're facing. It's so easy to be, um, I guess, just kind of feel downtrodden because of the brokenness of the world around us or, or the things that you're seeing happening in society. I mean, we talked about it last week. I mean, if you want to feel down right now, if you want to feel any le- more hopeless, you know, just get online. Just get on the Internet. Uh, just read what things people are posting. Read what things people are saying about others. Read, I mean, and this isn't just true because of the current climate that we're living in, because of our current situation. Uh, but this has been true of us forever. I mean, you look around our society, you look around this world, and you see just the effects of sin and the way that they have affected us um, and the relationship that we have. I mean, we've talked about it before. The fall broke our community. It broke our our perfect relationship with God, but it also broke our relationship with one another. And so this this week, this this day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus ought to fill us with hope because that we know that there is more than just the brokenness of this world. Uh, I'm going to read Romans uh, chapter 6. Uh, this is 5 through 11. Uh, it says, For if we have been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. 
death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Um, one of the things that we talked about last week was that, that Jesus' death overcomes the, the concept of eternal death for us, but that we're not excused from death. We still die to ourselves. The old self within us must die again so that we, we can be raised to new life. And this is the week where we really get to celebrate what that means. That, that amidst this broken world, amidst the brokenness that is, that is innately within us, right? The, the brokenness, the, the sin that, is, that it, we are born into, this, this, this brokenness that we, that we have existed in our entire lives. Christ's death puts that to death for us, but, but even better, his resurrection brings us into new life. We have a new set of desires. We have a new hope. We have a new, a new set of of wants and, and things that we want to see accomplished. And we have so much that we can, we can look forward to because of what Christ has accomplished through his resurrection. There is new life that is promised after his resurrection. He has overcome death. He has put to death the idea of death and the fear that we have from death because we have this hope that new life is coming. We have this hope that, that after, after this, we have uh, new meaning and new new reason for existing. Um, it's the thing that lets us look around the world, look look at the world around us, look look outside your window right now and see nobody driving up and down the streets, but know that because of what Christ has done by overcoming death, by being alive again, we have a hope for new life. Uh, and I and I just I just want us as the church to be a people who don't look at the situation and and are filled with, with fear or paralyzed by fear or are paralyzed by sadness or are paralyzed by loneliness, but but are filled with hope because of the joy of what Christ has demonstrated for us. I mean, look at this: death no longer has dominion over him. He died once and for all, but the life he lives. He lives to God. So, so we now can consider the, the things that we were held down by, fear, hopelessness, loneliness, uh, brokenness in our community, brokenness with our, within our relationship to God, all of these things, those things have died. When Jesus died, he took not only our sin, but also the shame and the brokenness that we exist within. He took all of those things away. Um, and, and, he, and he said, no, I have new hope for you. I have new life for you. And so uh, if there's anything that I want us to take home uh, this week, as we, as we ask this question, why was it so important that Jesus um, have to rise again? Why do we care that he has accomplished this? We care because it means that we have life. We have hope. We, we have seen his promises fulfilled that he would, would, would crush Satan, sin, and death. And he did that. And he demonstrated that in a mighty way. And, and the thing is, we talked about this when we talked about why Jesus had to be human. And I think one of the key points and one of the ones that we often overlook is so that he could relate to us. So that he could be like us because he wants us to be like him. 
And so, and so yes, the, the call to follow him is the call to take up our cross and the call to die just like he did. But also just like he did, we have been called to rise again. We've been called to new life. We've been given new hope. We have, we have the joy of knowing what Christ has done. And, and, and I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're feeling uh, amidst all of life right now. But if there's one thing that is true, it's that Jesus is alive and we should be filled with joy and hope because we have been made alive with him. The work is done. It's finished. Yes, I know I'm setting Nick up for his song. It's, it's perfect. You can't go wrong with, with, with Easter music. We were talking about this uh, before, before we went live. Uh, it's just like, it's so hard to just pick a few songs because so many of the things that we sing are about the joy that we have in the resurrection of Christ because it's the single most significant event in our lives, in the, in the history of the world, because nobody has done what Jesus has done. Sure, people can die and they can be revived, but once they get revived, they're just going to die again. But Jesus was made alive and continues to be alive. He's not the God of the dead, but of the living. And we too have new life that's promised in him. So I want us as the church to know this truth and feel that joy, the joy of knowing that we have hope in life and that no matter what it is that we are experiencing, that that joy that we have in him should, should overwhelm us and supersede any other emotion or fear or, 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 or tendency to shrink back or be paralyzed by fear or hopelessness or whatever it may be that you feel, but that, that the words on our lips would be that Jesus is alive because that is the joy that we have uh, and that is the joy that we celebrate this morning. Uh, so I'm going to pray just that our hearts would be overwhelmed by the joy of knowing Christ. Uh, I'm going to pray for anyone who may not know that joy, uh, that they could they could hear these words and know that joy. Uh, and then we're going to sing a few songs again together that just celebrate what Christ has accomplished. So if you will pray with me. Uh, God, I just thank you for what your son has accomplished. Uh, the great sacrifice that he experienced through his death on the cross, but, but even more so the victory that he declared when he was raised from the dead and what that means for us, that we, that we have hope amidst a broken world and the, the, the truth of the gospel has great value to us and that, and that we have something to look forward to beyond this, that there is hope for life after this. It doesn't just end. We aren't just enduring this and then the end and that's it, but there is more that we are looking forward to in the future. And so God, I just, I just thank you for the joy of knowing the resurrection um, the life that you gave back to your son so that he can give us life as well. And I just pray that we would relish that life, that we would, that we would be filled with joy and hope and excitement at what Jesus has done and what he has accomplished. And God, I just pray for those who may be hearing this that maybe don't know that joy and hope that they would, they would, they would hear of the value of what it is that Jesus accomplished, that, 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 that he has, has accomplished so much through his death on the cross and that there's value in that because it makes us clean before you, but that that work was accomplished when he overcame death and signified that we too will overcome death as we have our faith in him. And so God, I pray that if anyone who is, is watching this stream or hearing this now um, 
does not have that faith in you that you would open their eyes to see this truth and, and give them a heart that understands and desires it and fill them with faith to believe in that truth that Jesus has accomplished all that need be accomplished. And God, I just pray that you would um, make, make much of yourself, uh, make much of your son uh, this week as we celebrate the great work that he has accomplished. God, I just thank you for Jesus and the work that he's accomplished. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.